Hello and welcome to your GG Replay for Friday, January 7th, 2022. GG Replay is a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show where we break down the latest in gaming news hosted by us, the Goodnight Groofs, a place for games and a place for goofs. You know, we're workshopping the slogan, but we're we're getting there, you know? My name is Paul. I'm joined, as always, by Matt. How are you doing? First, first full week into the new year, uh, you know? How are you? How are you feeling today? I'm happy that it's Friday. It's Friday, as we like to say on this PGI show. PGI Friday. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Did you go to that? Did you they go to that group, restaurant? It's tonight? Friday. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that. It does make <laughs> it sound like uh, Groof is a is a deity in the scenario. Uh, well, I'm not saying it's not. Fair enough. Fair enough. Did you have you have you ever been to the restaurant TGI Fridays? I've been to it. It's been a really <laughs> long time at yeah. least 15 years i don't even yeah. i don't even i couldn't tell you where one is located i don't know do is it still in business i don't know I, we used to have some you know in niagara falls they they have a lot of like american stuff on the canadian side it kind of like you know it's like a little little teaser thing i guess i don't know what they're doing but <laughs> i went to a tgi fridays there when i was a kid and then because we didn't really have them here and then uh when rachel and i went to new york in 2018 we were really hungry and instead of going to like a number of very good interesting places in new york city <laughs> we went to a tgi fridays uh, <laughs> uh, at the bottom of wall street um and it was fine it was in a basement <laughs> i just remember them really for the potato skins but that's really oh. it like i don't i think they you know, had fancy like the fancy drinks like the blue drink you know that kind of oh, thing oh okay yeah yeah i don't remember that I, I the last time i went to tgi fridays like i said was f 15 years ago at least right. at the very least so i i couldn't drink so i don't remember the blue drinks I think I went with some <laughs> friends, not with my parents, and yeah. so they were obviously my age and no one could drink. So we weren't getting any special drinks. Again, Damn. I haven't seen a TGI Fridays in a really long time. I don't know if they even exist where <laughs> I am anymore. Right. Uh, maybe they're in other parts of the country. I'm not sure. But uh, I have no desire. I don't need to go back. No, not not something I'm missing out on. But, uh, you know, if they want to sponsor the podcast, be my guest. Thank Groofit's Fridays. We can uh, we can do a whole campaign around this, so something to keep in mind. All right. Speaking of the G word, which could be God Groof or games, but not maybe not in that order. I don't know. Depends on who you are. Let's get into our <laughs> gaming podcast. I'm definitely going to have to release a, a, an apology statement for that. Uh, if you come across any necessary corrections in today's episode, or just want to leave us a comment, send an email to ggreplayshow at gmail.com so we can address them in the next episode. Also, I think I said comment. Don't leave us a comment. Uh, my house can't handle it. I don't have a bomb shelter. All right. We only take asteroids anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, or meter meteors, right? Meteor, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. All right. Let's start. The show. Let's talk about stories. <laughs> okay. it's, I'll tell you right now. I got my third uh, COVID booster today. I got or my 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 third COVID <laughs> shot. Not my third COVID booster. I'm I'm five shots in, baby. Gotta catch them all. Yeah, uh, I've had all five. Uh, I've had uh, Moderna, J and J, <laughs> Pfizer. No, I'm, no, but uh, yeah, I had my booster today, so I'm I'm a little loopy today. I'm feeling like just a little bit weird, a little bit not in my body, but mostly good, mostly good. So that's good. I really thought I would have more arm pain. I'm not. So just a just a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> seem off the rails all right let's start the show first off rumor rumor alert wee -oo, wee -oo. half life alex is coming to psvr2 
question mark, maybe? This was leaked by Xbox era co-host Nick Baker, aka Special Nick on Twitter, who claims Sony and Valve have worked at a deal to bring the groundbreaking VR game to PSVR 2. Baker does not know when this announcement will take place, but claims that he thought it, quote, was one of those open secrets. So, yeah, according to he kind of just said it on uh, on on a podcast and then said afterwards, oh, I thought everyone knew about this. Is this should I not have said that sort of? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, he's a prominent leaker. But, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. We were just talking about this on Wednesday's episode when we talked about PSVR 2, right? Matt, you were saying you thought Alex would probably be on high on the list of games that would get ported. Yeah, I didn't actually mention it when we were talking about PSVR 2 on the right. actual episode where it was announced. I was going to, and then I didn't. Of course, that doesn't matter to you guys. You don't. You won't believe me if I say that. But shoulda, I, have said, <laughs> I have said in the past on GG Replay that I did think it would be coming to PSVR 2 because I just think the upgrade in the technological aspects, the fact that the hardware is now on par with the good headsets out there, I guess on par with the Valve Index in this case, makes it much more easy to not that it's easy to port because i have no idea especially when it comes to (laughs) vr i have no idea if it's easy or incredibly difficult but it makes it makes it more feasible right it would have been very difficult from a technological standpoint to put that thing on psvr maybe even impossible but to put it on psvr 2 makes a lot more sense i figured this would happen just especially with seeing playstation games going on to steam you know they're Part of the deal was probably we'll put the games on Steam. You put Alex on PSVR 2. I'm sure that was in a contract somewhere. And I hope this rumor is true because I am super pumped. I want to play Half-Life Alex, but there's no way I was ever going to get a Valve Index. I will be getting a PSVR 2. And Half-Life Alex looks like probably the best offering in VR. I know a lot of people like Tetris Effect, a lot of people like Beat Saber, but Half-Life Alex mm-hmm. is something completely different. And it really looks like an immersive adventure action game in VR horror aspects, obviously, too. It looks like it does a bunch of really cool things. I really want to play it. And I am super pumped if this is a true rumor. Yeah, I definitely think Half-Life Alex. I, I mentioned in the in the notes that I thought it was groundbreaking because I, I think that it's the first game, that, a VR game, where you look at it and go, oh, this is like a normal video game. Like, this is like a triple A yeah, yeah, adventure totally. game with, you know, like, you know, fighting and shooting and running around and all the stuff versus you know a mini game or a proof of concept or like kind of a tech demo or or again like like i said like a, a mini game is is like you know not really it's kind of derogatory i mean it's not really you know the right way to say it but you know something like beat saber is definitely you know more of a like a genre game and less of uh you know a full classic video game experience so yeah have you cool see. have you seen the video of the guy who taught his math class from within half-life alex i have not I think it happened early during quarantine because I think it was a Zoom class. I could be wrong. It could have happened before that. I actually don't even remember when Half-Life Alex released anyway. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but regardless, I re- there's this video on YouTube. You can look it up. There's a whiteboard somewhere in the game with like different, you know, there's different markers. And he was teaching his class on a whiteboard in VR through Half-Life Alex, which I thought That's- was hilarious. It also looked crazy good like that that video is what sold me on the game more than anything else that i've seen which is ridiculous but to see the like the character's finger movements and to see the accuracy of the markers and and him actually writing on the board in the game that sold me on it more than anything else it's really phenomenal 
That's really cool. I will say, yeah, I just looked it up. The game came out March 23rd, 2020. So like perfectly right okay, in time yeah. for uh, for the pandemic. So, uh, yeah, that's that's cool. I, I feel like I do, rem- do remember seeing something like that. There was a lot of interesting VR applications and, and things like that and virtual ways to teach that I saw online during that time. So, yeah, that's really cool. I remember when a- Alex came out, a lot of people were doing things in the engine sort of and being like not necessarily playing the game, but showing yeah. off just how tiny details can be so immersive and real really cool stuff so yeah i'm excited to see that coming to psvr too like like we were saying before like obviously the the hardware is amazing but also sony you know they they, they can't just i don't know it, it would take them time to develop a suite of games and apps that will really take full advantage of that it's going to take a few years for them to fully round yeah. that out and i think having uh you know making these deals with valve and other companies to port over already existing popular and groundbreaking and wonderful games is just awesome i love to see that it's it's nice that it's not an insular thing once again i think they're really making the play here for psvr2 to be a big vr thing not just a great vr for your playstation so cool to see hopefully that rumor is true uh moving on we're just gonna roll through the rumors here right right in a row first off star wars jedi fallen order sequel to be announced this year Possibly. This is according to game journalist Jeff Grubb and his inside sources. Grubb claims that it might be announced in May or at some point before E3 in June. Uh, He did say before E3, we should hear a pretty major announcement about the game. Grubb is also saying he's he he said the game might come out in 2022, but he's willing to bet it's more likely that it's going to come out in early 2023. Uh, So this is cool. I mean, the original game came out in what, 2018, right? Yeah, Uh, it was in order. Yeah, it was in that, I think, no, it was 2019 because it was the control year, I think. And I thought Jedi Fallen Order was the best game that year. Right, right, right. Now I need to know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I uh, I think it's cool. It's been a little bit of time, but I guess this stuff takes a while to come out. Yeah, you're right. 2019, November. So yeah, it's, it hasn't actually been that long then. It's only been uh, just over two years, really, since the game came yeah. out. And we might get an announcement of a sequel and maybe it might come out like basically three years after the original game or just a bit after three years, three and a half years. That's that's pretty good for, you know, triple A modern uh, video game standards, especially when you see like a big budget cinematic kind of thing like Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, Matt, you you played the game and you really enjoyed it, right? I keep wanting to get around to it. I, I've said before, it's one of the games I would say if you have a list of games that I've most downloaded never played and then uninstalled to put something else in and then <laughs> yeah. continually download and download and download and never opened it Jedi Fallen Order would be the top of that list so one day I'm getting to it I swear yeah I love Fallen Order and it's the same sort of situation it's it's the same thing that I feel about Horizon Zero Dawn where I liked the first game a lot I didn't think it was amazing but I felt like the sequel sequel would be really really good that's why I am really excited about Horizon Forbidden West I feel like it's going to improve in every way same thing with Jedi Fallen Order. I feel like a sequel is going to improve in every every, every in every <laughs> single way. Hopefully they make a better map because that was the worst part of the game was that they give you like a 3D hologram type map like you would have in right. Star Wars, but it's really hard to to use, especially in that whole Metroid-y, Metroidvania sort of style game. Right. So I, I hope they improve on that. But yeah, the the combat in the game is really good. The story is pretty pretty dang good too, actually. And I'm not, I'm like, let me preface this by the way. I'm not like a big Star Wars fan, but I I did right. really like the story. Matt, um, sorry, what's your what's your favorite Star Wars movie again? It is the Phantom Menace, unapologetically. Yep. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. actually, okay. well, that's no, not well, true. you that's, you have the same listing as me here. Rogue yeah. One, right? Yes, but Phantom Menace, it, it, mainline, as far as the favorite, mainline, favorite yeah. mainline Star Wars, yeah, yeah, same. 
but I'm hyped about this. I think when Dr- when Jeff Grubb said a possible May announcement, I mean that makes perfect sense. It's got to be May fourth, right? If it's May, in May, yeah. it's got to be on May fourth. Right. Uh, he did say before E3, so I think May fourth is is going to be it. And I could see what, early. What, that, why is it? Why is it May fourth? Why would that oh, be May, the day? May the fourth. It's Star Wars Day. May the fourth be with you. That's what I wanted you to say. Thank you. <laughs> um, I could totally see this being an early 2023 game, like in that February, March slot. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I do think that's probably where we'll see it, but I'm hyped um, about this game. I think it's going to be really good. I know it's so cool to see all these games just stacking up over and over. I, I hope we don't have too many more delays in the future just because for, I mean, for a lot of reasons, just for health and, and everything, but it's cool to see <laughs> this after having kind of a couple bad years of games or just nothing crazy coming out. 2022, of course, we've talked about it. It's like this going to be this big, big, big year of games. I think 2023, we're just seeing more and more stuff start to stack up for that year too. I think we're just going to have a lot of back-to-back, like two, three, four years here of back-to-back, like just knock it out the park home run games. So I I'm hope really, so. really excited. I'm really excited for that. Uh, so yeah, this will be cool. Uh, good to see it. I hopefully will get, it's kind of like a souls, like a little bit, right? Like the, it's got like dodge and roll kind of stuff and yeah, and, that's and whittle the, down your enemies, right? Yeah. The combat is definitely built to emulate that. I played the game on, I think the normal difficulty and it was, it was pretty difficult but it was not, I, I don't think it's anywhere necessarily near a Souls game. I will say the combat right. was a little bit janky at times. You sometimes felt like you were fighting the mechanics more than you were fighting the enemy. But I think that's, again, that's one of those things they're going to fix for the sequel. Love it. All right, let's move on. Talking about studio question. Who? Who? Uh, is working on a new video game set in the world of South Park. The game was rumored back in August. Yeah, we did talk about this on GG Replay. Good call, Matt. But we weren't sure at the time who would be working on it. Studio Question was founded by ex-Bioshock devs, and the studio has made mostly first-person atmospheric games such as The Magic Circle and The Blackout Club. Matt, have you heard of either of these games? I looked them up for the show because I read articles on this. Kind of neat. Pretty neat. I have not heard of Maybe The Magic Circle? Magic Circle's got this kind of like, I think it's kind of like um, supposed to be kind of jabbing and doing metatextual kind of stuff about game development. So it's kind of in this like VRE game development space and it's kind of sprites and pixels and it, it looks funky. It's like this first person thing. And uh, anyway, it, it looks not so much like something I would like, but apparently that kind of put them on the map a bit. And then you can see that was about five or six years ago. And then you can see uh, just two years ago they made... Um, the blackout club and it looks really cool it's like a really you know high you know high res good looking graphics and everything and it's like kind of a horror game where you're like a bunch of teens trying to save your friend who got kidnapped and you're like going around the neighborhood and it's again very first per that seems to be the focus here is like this first person view with atmospheric kind of strange stuff happening bit of walking around so anyway I i feel like that really suits south park i'm almost getting like vibes like the south park racing game but without the racing part but like you're hmm. just kind of rolling around and and saying hi to people i don't know but it seems kind of kind of interesting um yeah i i think i think this is and it, i think it's cool to do a dev like this who's a little out there and especially one who it sounds like like i saw some people say in articles uh you know they kind of did like a metatextual kind of jab at game development maybe they can kind of take that same kind of sense mm, of humor yeah. or that kind of style and put that into something like south park which is so much in that vein as well this feels like a situation where the studio had like a um a spec pitch that yeah. just out of the blue to to the uh 
was it Matt Stone and Trey Parker? Yeah. And they were just like blown away and were like, we have to do this. Th- that's what this feels like because I don't know how else this agreement <laughs> happens. I mean, the last deals were with Ubisoft and Obsidian did a South Park game. And so it's like you're dealing with really big companies and now all of a sudden Studio Question, who pe- most people have definitely not heard of, uh, yeah. is, is, is taking on this massive property so it definitely feels like one of those situations where they're like we have this idea here's a prototype and and matt stone and trey parker were like yeah okay green light it <laughs> you got to do this so that yeah. the idea of that is kind of cool because it, it might have some revolutionary stuff like you said um there's sort of meta humor um and you know the the meta context of their previous games maybe that really works well in, in this uh for a south park game so I'm excited. Let, let's let's see it. Yeah. Roll. Let's roll. Roll credits. Let's do it. Let's see it. Put it out, guys. All right. <laughs> let's move on and talk a little bit about the biggest event in gaming. E3. You know, 2020 was a bit of a bummer with E3. The event was canceled totally. We had to rely on Jeff Keighley and Summer Games Fest, but that was kind of a big year for Summer Games Fest. Kind of brought things to the forefront. 2021, they went online only. Well, 2022 was supposed to mark the return to physical E3. And in light of Omicron, E3 will be online only once again this year. Makes total sense. Safe bet. But alas, puts E3 in kind of a weird spot. Uh, Like I said, it was canceled in 2020, 2021. It went online only, but, you know, kind of a little bit with paled in comparison or was kind of overshadowed a bit by Summer Games Fest, which had a really good year in 2020 by being kind of the only game in town. Uh, And 2019 as well was a pretty big one for them. Uh, Also coming right into this, uh, Jeff Keighley, uh, he kind of tweeted his E3 competitor, Summer Games Fest, uh, right after, minutes after, um, E3 said that it would be canceled and said it will continue this year. So kind of like it almost felt a little pointed, nothing negative, but just kind of to say, hey, listen, I know E3 is, you know, going online this year. But just so you know, just so you know, Summer Games Fest is still a go and you can still watch that and it's going to be just as good. So, yeah, it kind of E3 really feels like it's kind of falling off. I mean, we see so many companies going and doing their own thing. Now we have Summer Games Fest kind of picking up the rest that's not from Microsoft or, or Sony doing their own conferences. I don't really know if E3 has much of a future here. Yeah, I think this will be the fourth E3. Sony hasn't said anything yet, I don't think, but I think this will be the fourth straight E3 that they don't attend, maybe third, but I think it's the fourth, which really, it really takes away from E3 when you don't have a third of the big three there. Yeah, That's been kind of disappointing from an E3 standpoint. Like you said with the Jeff Keighley thing, I, I didn't see it as like, him sort of making fun of the situation. I actually saw him being like, look, I, I know everyone's going to be sad. E3 is going to be online only this year, but we also have Summer Games Fest, right? So yeah, I I do want to say I didn't think it was uh, him making fun of the scenario, but more kind of coming in and, and just being like, hey, listen, like Summer Games Fest is still a go, so don't worry. But it kind of just feels like it was like a perfect timing to be like, yeah. you know, kind of t- take a little jab at E3, not on purpose, but just kind of to say, hey, look, I know E3 is kind of rocky, but don't worry, we're rock solid, which well, I am- is a good move for him. Right? Yeah, I imagine he wasn't playing on making an announcement until later on. And then he saw that yeah. news and he was like, all right, it's, it, let's, let's just do it because everyone knows it's going to happen anyway. This is yeah. disappointing, but I mean, I get it, but I don't know what this is going to mean for E3 going forward. This is certainly not good news for E3. The last couple of years, we've, we've definitely seen a decline, a decline in 
in the product that is E3, like we just talked about Sony. And E3 being online really takes away from what it is. I mean, it it is the biggest gaming convention, right? It's, it is people from all over the world getting together and going to these press conferences, getting their, their hands on these games for the first time way before the rest of the public does. So, like, I get it, but it's really disappointing and it's sad. And I, I just, it's, I have a hard time seeing E3 ever being what yeah. it was before all of this. Like, yeah. I, I, they're going to eventually come back in person, but I think it's going to be a much smaller event. It, it, there's no way it's, it's ever what it was at its peak ever again. Well, I mean, uh, even for the last 10 years, 10 plus years, I'd say 12, 13 years, they, they scaled down from that massive show where most people could go. It was a huge, massive, uh, you know, like a consumer show. And then that became more of a trade show with just industry insiders and things going that scaled it down a ton from its peak back when like, you know, G4 and stuff would stream it. And it was like a comic con style thing. It definitely scaled down from that to more journalists and and game devs and things like that. And now, yeah, I think it's going to be very little. I I think it might end up almost being kind of like a double a, maybe some triple a version of like, um, you know, one of those indie game conventions or something like that. Uh, I just see it kind of going down that route. I can't think of the name of the one I'm thinking of. But um, yeah, ultimately, I see that kind of being the future. And, and like you said with Sony, yeah, Sony hasn't been doing something in June for a while. But I, I also have to say, like, even though Microsoft and, and Nintendo do something the week of E3, they also don't call it E3 and they they, they rent out their own establishments and they, they do it then. So even that's not really E3. So, I mean, what E3 has at this point is, is pretty tenuous. I think what they were holding on to was a lot of third-party games and a lot of companies that would just happen to announce their games at E3, even if it maybe was also going to show up at the Xbox show or something. Right. And, I, and I think that's what Summer Games Fest is, is kind of encroached on now. And I don't know if that's coming back. So I, I, I'm not sure... I'm not sure what the teams at E3, like I understand canceling in person for 2020 and I, I understand, sorry, I understand canceling in person for all of this and I understand, but I, I and I guess I understand canceling for 2020 in general, just because it was kind of last minute to pull together an online show and that kind of stuff when you weren't preparing it. But that being said, I, I don't know, there's got to be some mismanagement or something going on here with the way this works, because I, I guess it is at hard a trade show and not so much about like the online show and things like that. But yeah, I think they're going to lose out on a lot here uh, because they didn't really nip this whole Summer Games Fest thing in the bud. I could see next year, I could see it being a press-only event again. And then maybe mm-hmm. the year after that, you bring in the general population again. But I, it's just, it's never going to be what it once was. And that's sad because it was so hype every single year. Uh, there was always something during E3 that was really exciting. And the press conferences, even in even when they're not good, they're always fun to watch. Always. They're well put together. There's memes. My 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 body is ready. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. some class, classic stuff. Do you remember when G4 cut to commercial during the Halo 3 trailer? I don't, but that is insane. That was a that was a classic meme thing where they had the Halo 3, the first Halo 3 full trailer, and uh, they cut to commercial right during it. It was like a huge issue. When the suits uh, just really don't get it. They yeah, they're just like, whatever, roll a commercial. We need to sell Weedabix. All right, let's move on. Talk about something a little bit different here. Another rumor here. Mario Kart 9 on the horizon question mark. Game analyst Dr. Sirkin Toto recently wrote in a predictions article for gamesindustry.biz that he believes the next Mario Kart game could be announced this year. Here's the full quote from Dr. Toto. I am aware 
Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still selling very well on the Nintendo Switch, but Mario Kart 9 is in active development and comes with a new twist, and Nintendo could tease it this year. So, important to keep in mind, Mario Kart 8 was released in 2014 on the Wii U. It's been a while, eight years ago, and the Deluxe Edition came out in 2017, so only three years after that, so it's been five years since even that. But... Important to keep in mind, Nintendo has never had more than one Mario Kart game on a single console. So, you know, I mean, obviously, here's the thing. We're seeing, to speak to that point, we're seeing the Switch, uh, you know, last, I think, a lot longer traditionally than other Nintendo consoles will. Partly, I think it may be due to chip to the, to the chip shortage and things like that. You know, there's some rumors going around. Maybe they would have done a, a Switch Pro uh, instead of the OLED Switch head. There been more readily available mobile chips. Hard to say. I still think we're going to see the Switch in the same iteration for probably a while. But yeah, I, I think we might see a difference here, especially when you got to consider that the, the Mario Kart game we have is just a, a deluxe version of the Wii U game, like a lot of Mar- like a lot of Switch games. It's basically right. a fancy Wii U game. Matt, do you think there's any credence to this? Do you think we might see a Mario Kart Nine coming out in the next year or two? And if so, what would the twist be? That's a great question. Both of them are great questions. I do think we're going to see Mario Kart 9 on the Switch. I don't know when. I have no idea because Nintendo has the weirdest release cycle that makes <laughs> absolutely no sense. You release so like a bunch of your biggest titles in the same year and then you go years without a major title. It's it makes no sense. Yeah. Um so I think it's coming, but I don't know when. I who knows what the twist is when I think Mario Kart with a twist, I, the thing I think of is Double Dash, so uh-huh. something like that where just generally the game is completely different because double dash really is different it it, it had this really interesting multiplayer mode um and the fact that you had you know you have two characters on a cart i mean that changes the way the game is played so i think it's going to be something along those lines i don't think it's going to be another double dash i don't think it's like double dash 2 i think it's going to be something different maybe like airplanes or something like that. Oh, I think that could potentially Diddy Kong be racing style. Let's get the airplanes. Let's get the hovercrafts. Let's go full Diddy Kong racing. Scrap Mario Kart nine. We're reskinning it. I think that they feel like they're in a position where they can really take a risk with Mario Kart for the first time in a really long time, just because Mario Kart, if it doesn't do super well, if people don't like it for whatever reason, they're just going to buy Mario Kart 8 Deluxe anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still the top selling Switch game. Uh, It's still selling for full price. I just saw there was a big Nintendo Switch sale for New Year's and I saw a lot of people going, Mario Kart 8, what a travesty. Eight years old or five years old for the Deluxe one. Still full price, never goes on sale. And people were like, why would it go on sale? It sells anyway. People will buy it. People will never stop buying it for full price when they get their Switch or whenever. Uh, And so, yeah, that's a thing. So I think... Yeah, you make a totally great point. They can get a little weird with it. They can do something like Pokemon Legends Arceus style or something, something really out there. And they'll know, hey, don't worry about it because we have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe if you want to go play a good Mario Kart. Because that's the thing, too. Like the technology on the Switch has not changed. The, The It was already kind of a little weak when it came out. So like at the end of the day. This can't look much better or worse than Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Well, it could right. look worse, but it's not going to look much better. So really, I think it would be more like having a different... I think a different game would be a smarter bet than just making another of the same kind of game here. Maybe... How about this? Like some sort of like Forza Horizon way oh. of doing it where it's there's like 
open world like mushroom kingdom sort of thing and okay you know, I- well that <laughs> that made me really excited the idea that you could just like customize your rate your car get your favorite mario racer just ride around open world like a third person view and just uh <laughs> just just compete in like a tournament you go to the toad you have to yeah. get to like the toad cup go to the mushroom cup you have to like drive over there and start the the tour oh yeah. my god they're definitely not doing that definitely not that's yeah. way too ambitious for nintendo <laughs> look at it it's a little too out there, but yeah, I, I really, really like that. That sounds like such a cool idea. That's my vote now for what I, I think do think happen. changing the vehicles and that that's why I said airplanes and or flying machines of some sort. I, I could could be the way to go if they really want to change things up and just make the game a little bit different because they can take that risk. So I do think it'll be something along those lines. I don't think it's just going to be like a double dash and I don't think it's just going to be a brand new Mario Kart with like new items or something, you know? Well, here's what I'm thinking and, and, and hold on to your hat here, but oh. uh, hold on to your red cap with an M on it. But I will say for Matt, of course, um, but I will say Min Min from arms and some more Splatoon characters. Let's go. There's the twist. <laughs> that's it. There <laughs> that you go. Be, that's I'm just trying to guess what Nintendo would make as a twist. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's move on and talk about what was once Nintendo's fiercest competitor, Sega. And now they're just kind of their own thing. (laughs) Sega promises to avoid NFTs. Well, if gamers think it's a money-making scheme. Oh. Yeah, that's nice, right? Good guy, Sega. Well, sort of. So Sega, in a very transparent uh, kind of interview here, uh, the company said it would, quote, like to try out various experiments, and we have already started many different studies and considerations in the space, including so-called play-to-earn games. This kind of gets into that stuff that Square Enix was talking about the other day, talking about play-to-earn or yeah. playing to to get something in the game and building things in the game, not just to build them, but to get money or some kind of like good or or like actual real-world currency or, or or item like NFTs. Uh, so, but where Square Enix kind of came out and said. Uh, we think, uh, you know, enjoying games is uh, pedestrian. <laughs> Basically, they're like, it's unfulfilling and unrealistic to enjoy games. Uh, Sega kind of came out and said, you know, we know, quote, there are users who show negative reactions at this point to the use of NFTs in games and said directly that it will need to carefully assess what will be accepted and what will not be by the users. Very transparent here, Sega. Uh, kind of crazy. I don't know if I like it or not, but it seems like they were very upfront and saying, listen, we want, we probably would like to put some NFTs in games because we think we'll make money on it, basically, or, or it's a good experiment that we think we should be trying because everyone's kind of getting into that space. But that being said, we don't want to piss people off. So we're going to tread lightly and we're going to see what people like and what people don't like and what basically what can we get away with how much right. monetization and nft stuff can we get away with and they said it out loud. they said the quiet part out loud um <laughs> and so i guess i guess good i guess it's good that they aren't coming out and saying they're not gonna do it i guess it's and i, I don't know i guess it what do you think okay so i have a question before before i talk any more about this is and I don't maybe you know the answer because I don't know. Um, outside of North America, are NFTs just bigger? Because all of these companies that are wanting to introduce this stuff between Sega, Square, Ubisoft, um, even the 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 Stalker Two team, like these are all not American. These are European or Asian companies. So I don't know. Are NFTs much bigger outside of North America? I wonder if that's the case. I don't know the answer to that. That's a really good question. Something I've never considered. Uh, I, I think there is definitely, 
The thing is, I feel like so much money gets spent on NFTs, at least even in North America. To my knowledge, that's where I know most of my NFT stuff from, which is little. I'm not saying I know a lot. Uh, so I think so much money gets spent on it that it's almost like worth it, even though it's not culturally popular totally right. to do it, that it's worth it. It's kind of like, you know, not everyone's going to buy cosmetics when they first came out, but they knew there were enough people who'd probably buy them like whales that it was worth it to do it. I don't know though. I, I think it's a really good question. Something we should look into for the next show to kind of brush up on. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That would be a good, that's a good thought. Yeah. Or if you, if you know more about this, like GG replay show at gmail.com, I would love to, to hear more Please. about that. If that is the case, I, I really don't know. As far as Sega, uh, what games are you putting your NFTs in? Is it going to be the Yakuza games? Is it going right. to be fucking Super Monkey Ball? Is it are is instead Arcade, of a JPEG Arcade games in Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania? Are we now going to roll around as an NFT uh, crypto punk or you're uh, you're actually uh, going to ape? roll around? You're going to roll around as a URL, and that's the link to the NFT. Oh, okay, perfect. You have to. By click. the way, really funny headline that my my wife sent me uh, from Reddit the other day. It was this uh, art gallery, uh, this multimillionaire art gallery owner. Uh, some thieves stole all of his NFTs, I guess. And the quote <laughs> in the headline was, "All my apes are gone." <laughs> 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 which i thought was just a hilarious i love line. that it's a real life ape escape oh yeah, yeah. that's pretty funny nice. i think that should be a new i think that might be a new uh spin on the the franchise if they want to bring ape escape back they can do it for someone stealing all of the ape photos Perfect. and again this is like the meme now i i wonder it's so weird because that's that's like something i used to not think about with nfts that were you and again i'm a layman but were you like buy um, you're buying the link to it like you're just buying the URL associated with it because it has to be hosted in a third party because right. block like actual high quality images can't be saved on blockchain. They're too big. Oh, uh, so, so you're basically hoping that the URL doesn't go down or else that that's a big scam, I guess, in NFTs a lot of times. So it's, I guess it's better to do it with like bigger companies like this, too, potentially, because they can they'll actually hopefully guarantee that you're still going to have that that image up. Wow. It's so strange. I still don't. I don't get it. I still don't get it. Still think it's ridiculous. The only game, really, Yakuza is really their only series that I could even see them doing this in, or maybe like uh, Fantasy Star Online. That would maybe be a place for them to do that, especially if, or, if NFTs are bigger in Asia. Sonic or, Frontiers. Go ahead, do it. I mean, Sonic can't get any worse, yeah. so just go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and toss them. Uh, I, I mostly agree with you that it would be hard. You know, they don't have a huge reputation on the line here for Sonic. Uh, I think if it, I want it to come out and be good, but also I won't be surprised if it's not. So go ahead, toss in some NFTs. Maybe, imagine if Sonic Frontiers was really the thing, the frontier really of NFTs and games, and it was really like the most successful implementation. And everyone was like, you got to do it like how Sonic Frontiers did it, man. You get pictures of hedgehogs. You get JPEGs of cartoon hedgehogs. It's nuts. If Sonic Frontiers has NFTs and people love it, I will get a Sonic tattoo. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and people, okay, people and have to love the minutes. NFT. Okay, just got to make sure <laughs> I write NFT, that down. You have to love the NFT aspect yeah. of... Uh, whatever. I, yeah, let's I got it. I, I, yeah. You, you can hold... You can, if it if even if it happens, you know, I don't have to get the tattoo. I'm just saying it on a podcast. I'm going to make promises. Okay. Well, we uh, have some fans now. We have some patrons. We'll make sure that uh, this this happens. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna dox you to the world just so people can come and throw <laughs> throw flaming bottles into your windows till you get that tattoo. I swear to God, Matt. No, I joke. I jest. Uh, I'm just gonna do it on you while you sleep. All right. Oh. Moving on. Moving on to the final story of the day. Just kind of a just kind of an interesting one because uh, I've been following this for the last couple of days on on Reddit. Uh, days Gone director Jeff Ross kind of going a little off the rails here, uh, having some you know bad reactions to how things went with days gone. Uh, he says the game sold over 8 million on PS4, possibly almost 9 million in 19 months. And local Sony, Sony studio management made us feel like it was a big disappointment. Uh, if this was true, if this were a true number, the game would have sold better than ghost of Tsushima, which we just recently learned sold 8 million in 18 months. So pretty impressive stuff. However, However, in a recent live stream with former God of War and Twisted Metal director David Jaffe, Jaffe. Reveal- Jaffe? <laughs> Jaffe. I thought, okay, well, not. I was. I got the E part. Not I almost bad, said David Jaff. Um, Ross revealed that his source for the sales numbers was a now defunct website called GameStat, which tracks PlayStation trophy data as reported by Push Square. The issue here being that Days Gone has been a free PS Plus game in the past. It's also, I think, was on PS Now or something for a short period of time. It also was in a PS Plus bundle. A lot of stuff going on here. Ross claims that the telemetry he had access to showed higher numbers. He did say it showed higher numbers, but he thought those higher numbers would probably be more correct. And also, he didn't think it was really higher enough to matter, uh, and he was just going with those numbers. Uh, (laughs) In reality, it feels like it sold probably quite a lot less than 8 million in 19 months. Then he also clarified that when he said days gone was a disappointment to quote local studio management, he was referring to upper management within Ben studio and not necessarily PlayStation or Sony management, but that, that really was how it kind of came across, right? When he said local Sony management, yeah. um, Matt, <laughs> it's kind of a, kind of a train wreck here. Now I understand that like, you know, Ross is no longer with Bend. Uh, so, you know, this isn't necessarily bad on Bend. It doesn't look bad on them necessarily, but it doesn't look great on, uh, Ross who probably might be looking for some good gigs in the future. And this, uh, this kind of sour grapes doesn't look so great. Yeah. He's kind of been like this for the past few months. It's like, dude, I'm, I'm sorry. Your game didn't do as well as it was supposed to. It, uh, it financially or critically, it's one of the worst rated AAA big single player sony first party games of the last five six seven eight years so like yeah I, i'm sorry dude it just didn't live up to it like your next game maybe it'll be great but just accept like i don't understand how he can okay yes it's his baby i understand mm-hmm. but ghost of tsushima is objectively a better game that's why it did yes. well critically that's why it did well financially like it is what it is days gone didn't do well enough in sony's eyes to get a sequel and I don't think that surprises anyone except him. So yeah. I, he needs to kind of just maybe go away for a little while. Yeah. F- figure out whatever, you know, <laughs> get, get, get a talk get to some, someone. I honestly, get some, get some therapy, spend some time, try to move past this. I'm not even being funny. I, I think, honestly, I think the guy is having some real issues. I think he's dealing with, you know, some pretty hard disappointment here. And, and, you know, he really expected things to go a bit differently and a lot differently. And I, and I think, you know, he's got to deal with that, but it's unfortunate he's doing it as we always see with the internet in a very public way so easily. And it just does not looking good on him, especially when we talk about, again, I was gonna say the 
most shocking thing. That, that's why it was such an interesting headline because it was so shocking to imagine that it sold similarly to Ghost of Tsushima in a similar amount of time. That was that's there's a reason why this headline was going around Jeff Ross because it wasn't very believable. Uh, and then we quickly find out that yeah, that's pretty dubious, very unlikely. So yeah, it's just uh, horde mode sounded good. Sounded like there was some interesting bits in the game. Just gotta take that uh, direction and, and move it on to maybe a different project. You know, it just wasn't the right wasn't the right fit. It's not like you didn't have any chance, every chance in the world. Like Sony, to their big first party AAA studios, are very generous on development time and development costs. So like you had everything you needed. It's okay. Not every project is amazing, but you you can't when you are literally the only one who thinks that you can compare Days Gone to Ghost of Tsushima. It's you against the world. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, it's tough. And like you said, uh, you know, in the last seven, eight, nine years, like 10 years, there's been almost every Sony first party game has come out and been pretty well praised critically, or at least, you know, in reference to its other sequels and other and other games in the franchise. All the franchises are well regarded. Uh, there's very few games that just totally flop. Unfortunately, this one did. Uh, I'm not even trying to place blame. It just maybe it just didn't work. It happens. You, you got to figure it out, man, because you, you're not working for Bend anymore. You need to probably get a, another gig. So you should probably keep it, keep it a little tight lip, man. If anything, keep- it was a disappointment because all the other PlayStation games around it were so yeah. good. So like yeah. if, if, if Days Gone wasn't published by Sony, then maybe it actually is viewed a little bit better. Yeah. But I still don't think, I think objectively it is just not a game on, on the same level as the other Sony first party games. It's tough. It had, it, like you said, it just had high standards to live up to. You know, not every game can be that. All right, let's move on, Matt. Before we, before we kind of round up the show, I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but I was just going to ask you. Um, you know, we we have our new episode of Game Grooves coming out on Sunday, and I just thought maybe it'd be fun end of day Friday just to kind of just want to give us a little tease of some of the stuff that we talked about to get people kind of excited to listen to on their weekend. Yeah. So. One thing that we talked about, like the the big question of the week was about monetization in video games. You know, we talked about everything from your your subscription services like Ubisoft Plus, which we talked about on GG Replay earlier, earlier this week. Game Pass, we talked about MMORPG subscriptions. We talked about yeah. loot boxes, skins, cosmetics, uh, XP boosts in Assassin's Creed. Like we talked about the whole grand scope of monetization sort of in a, sure. in a macro sense. And so that was sort of the big discussion. We played our normal mini games. We put, we put cash or trash in there. That was a lot of fun. You <laughs> we know, had where some we pretty good, pretty good caches, I think this week. Yeah. So we, in cash or trash, if if you haven't listened to game groups, we look ahead at the, the next two months and we each pick two caches and we have of games that are coming out and we have to trash the rest, but it's, it's good. You get good discussion going about upcoming games and then, we talked a lot about Witcher 3 because Josh and Paul are both playing that and obviously yes. I love the game. And then uh, we we sort of just went on about you know accomplishments in gaming and, and stuff. We, we covered a bunch of stuff. Game you, Groups is a great show because we get to cover show. so many things and we don't have to talk about news. We just get to talk about games, which is which is really fun. It's a good time. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. This this show, you know, we really get into the nitty gritty of what's happening right now. Um, but that's just kind of a love letter to gaming, Game Grooves. And we just kind of enjoy and talk about the hobby and just everything involved. And also, 
Uh, if you are familiar with our Groovecast here, we also roasted Mike's gaming preferences at the end of the show, and that was pretty darn funny. We had some pretty good lines, so if you want to see uh, Mike get absolutely sizzled on the podcast, you definitely want to check that out. So yeah, Game Grooves, uh, it's out uh, today, or will be out later tonight for patrons, and it will be out on Sunday. It's out now for, for patrons. It's out. It is out now for patrons. Awesome. Love it. Of course it is. This, these are coming out in anyway. It doesn't matter. And Sunday <laughs> it will be out. I forget this isn't a live show. It'll be out later tonight. Uh, and Sunday it will be out for everyone. So you definitely want to check that out because it's a great show. And if you like what we do, you like this show, maybe you like Game Grooves. We also have a website, goodnightgrooves.com, where we have all of our stuff, including these podcasts and our YouTube channel, which also has Southern Fried Grooves, our Let's Play series. Right now, Josh and Fave are playing through uh, Dark Souls with Mike producing, and it's a great show, a lot of fun. It's really make I, Matt. I think we can both agree it's making us want to play Dark Souls. <laughs> totally, yeah. It because it, it, it looks much. Dark Souls looks much simpler than the other Souls games, and they're making it look really fun. It, I think the way that they're doing it, sort of together, actually. I think you and I could maybe yeah. get through Dark Souls a little bit easier if we played together. I think that'd be kind of fun. They make it look like Josh jokes about like being a Neanderthal and not understanding like, like but but he he's pretty good. He's decent at Dark Souls. I think enough that like it's like my toxic trait in myself is that I think I could do just as well as him. But I think honestly, if I played, <laughs> I think he's subtly better than I think he is. And he makes it look pretty easy, I think, because he's just very he's just got a good like timing with everything. Josh so, picks up game mechanics really well, really. Yeah. Well. And, and I think that's a big thing with Dark Souls, right, is you have to pick up exactly like the animation and how long it's going to take to like swing the sword because you got to get that vibe down and and uh, I suck at that so <laughs> so definitely that and yeah so if you want to check that stuff out it's all at goodnightgrooves.com we have links to everything which is awesome also don't forget to check out our twitch twitch.tv slash goodnightgrooves because Matt is going to be streaming oh, a Sonic game on there soon I, I think you're going to do it this weekend right probably maybe oh man maybe. I, I wish I had scheduled know. it because I would have yeah. said it today we'll let you know we'll let you know We'll let you know. We'll let you know ahead of time. No big deal. It's gonna happen. It's gotta happen by the end of January, or else I'm gonna punish you. But you get a pass <laughs> on December. You get a pass on December uh, because you know you were you were sick. So it happens. Uh, also. If you really love what we're doing and this hasn't turned you off, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash goodnightgrooves, where we do have three different support tiers. And the $3 plus tier, like I did mention, does get you early access to Game Grooves, our all-encompassing gaming podcast. We have a lot, uh, well, not a lot, but a few very dedicated patrons who we love and who are supporting us, which is awesome. We do mention their names on the Game Grooves show and other places. And we're really, really happy to have everyone on board because probably you're all listening right now. So we really appreciate you and all of your support. Also. If you don't have a lot of money or don't feel like giving us your money, it's totally fair. But if you could just really quickly give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, maybe write a little nice thing, that means the world to us. It's so helpful. Uh, you know, it's it's just a huge thing. It's almost as great as doing, being a patron. Everything helps, and we really, really appreciate it. Matt, do you have anything else to say before we head out of here for the weekend? We were actually scheduled to replace the Sony press conference at E3 this year, so I'm really disappointed that it's not happening anymore. So maybe next year. We'll see. Wow. Oh, man. I bought, you know what? The sad thing is about that is I bought so many Bermuda shorts and to go down <laughs> to California. And now, like, what am I even going to do with them? You know, it, it, does, it, never gets, uh, it never gets warmer than zero degrees Celsius here in Canada. So I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck here. You can wear them around the house. I could. That's true. I like to keep the heat at a balmy uh, 100 Fahrenheit in the house. Just to kind of, <laughs> yeah. I like to feel like I'm feverish at all times. Yeah. Well, it's made it very hard to detect if I'm sick or not. Uh, <laughs> bad timing for that. All right. 
That is going to be it for today's GG Replay for Friday, January 7th, 2022. I hope I said two at the beginning of the show. I feel you like did. I might have you said did. one. I was listening oh, for it. Thank God. We will see all of you again. Well, we won't see you, but you'll hear us again on Monday with an all new GG replay. Until then, check out Sun and Fried Grooves on Saturday. Check out Game Grooves on Sunday. We have a stacked weekend ahead. Good night, Grooves. <laughs>